4: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
1: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A gorgeous young mom-to-be found murdered. Her unborn baby? Gone. How can that be? The mommy's found murdered. The unborn baby is missing because the baby has been surgically cut from mommy's stomach. It sounds like a sci fi novel, a horror story, but it's not. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. Take a listen to this.
5: Police are investigating after a woman was found dead in her home after her unborn child was removed from her womb Friday morning. Police in New Boston, which is about 24 miles west of Texarkana, say they responded around 1020 in the morning. The woman was found dead inside the home. Right now, details are limited, but the New Boston Police Department and Texas Rangers are investigating.
4: Jess Brooks makes a 911 call to Texas police around 1020 on a Friday morning in October. Brooks has just found her daughter, Reagan Simmons Hancock, lying face down in her bloody living room. According to police, there is blood throughout the house, on the floor, furniture, walls, appliances, and other items. Hancock is found with a large cut across her abdomen. 21-year-old Hancock is nearly eight months pregnant with her second child, but the child is gone. Hancock's three-year-old daughter, however, has been left alone with her dying mother.
1: You were just hearing our friends at CBS 11 in Dallas-Fort Worth and our friends at CrimeOnline.com who jogged my memory. I forgot that little tidbit. The three-year-old daughter is left in the home with dead mommy, mommy's tummy cut open and the baby gone. Was the three-year-old daughter there? At the time of the murder, did she witness her own mother being murdered and the baby removed from the tummy? I mean, I can remember things at age two. This child could be close to four. We know she's three. What did she see and what will she remember? But back to the case in chief, the murder of the victim, Reagan Simmons Hancock, with me an all-star panel to make sense of what we know right now. First of all, to Jax Miller, writer with Oxygen.com, true crime author, one book, Hell in the Heartland, Murder, Meth, and the Case of Two Missing Girls. Okay, with that said, Jax Miller, I'm thinking about Reagan Simmons Hancock. This takes place in New Boston, Texas. What can you tell me about New Boston, Texas?
5: Well, New Boston's kind of like your typical Eastern Texas town. There's chili, there's rodeos, there's Jesus, it's, it's everything. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, wait a minute.
1: No offense to anybody talking or listening, but I, for one, do not want to hear. Jesus Christ thrown in with a rodeo and Chili's restaurant. Okay? Not kidding. So let's just back it up.
5: Okay, I'm sorry. Tell me about New Boston, Texas. So it's this town in eastern Texas. It's about five thousand people. Oh, you know you sorry. have rodeo. Sorry, Jackson, I'm
1: actually really not trying to give you a hard time. It just sounds that way. What do you mean it's a a typical East Texas town? I mean I've been to Texas, but I, I certainly have not been all over Texas. That would take a long time. <laughs> What's a
5: typical Eastern Texas town? Well, I, I I was just basing it on my own experience driving through Eastern Texas. You know, uh, New Boston is a town with rodeos and chili cook-offs and farmer markets. It's about five thousand people. Well, that sounds and, pretty uh, good to me. Yeah, I love it's, it's a good rodeo from-
1: and I love a good chili cook-off. That's one of the reasons I belong to my little United Methodist churches. We have chili cook-offs all the time. So. What's the pop the population? I mean, oh, I'm sorry, you just said about 5000. So this is a small town. I'm asking for a reason. I'm not just giving you a hard time. Cheryl McCollum joining me, forensics expert, founder of Cold Case Research Institute. You can find her at coldcasecrimes.org. This is not a cold case. But Cheryl and I go way back. Uh, we have differing accounts of how we first met. She claims it was at 3 a.m., not at a bar, but at a crime scene. Cheryl McCollum, the reason I'm grilling Jax Miller on where the incident happened, and we're talking about a young pregnant mom dead with her stomach sliced open, is because the smaller the population, the easier it should be logically speaking to find the perp
6: explain well your suspect pool is going to be very small if you've only got 5,000 people and half are women you're already down to only 2,500 people and then you've got to take the age you know 80 and above and you know maybe 16 and below you're looking at a very small group of people that might be involved here what we're also looking at is where the home was located if it was way out In a rural area or was it in a neighborhood? Is that neighborhood known for break-ins or anything like that? Or was it a really safe place to be? How active was she in the community? Church, work, friends, things of that nature. So, again, your suspect pool here is going to be very
1: small. You know what, Cheryl? Can I jump in about this? Yes, you can. But I want to give Cheryl, I think the last time uh, she was with us, I cut her mic not once but twice. I agree with everything you just said. Especially about uh, church and work, because let's just say she worked at the mall. Okay, I used to work at the mall at Sears. You come in contact with a lot of people, and a lot of people see you that you don't realize are seeing you. Uh, and another thing about New Boston that Jacks Miller from Austin.com was telling us yes, it's a small town of 5,000, but How do I know how many people in the metro area come there to go to O'Charlie's and uh, Chili's and Applebee's and the mall or whatever else might be there? Um, I know in my county seat, um, Bibb County, Macon, we lived far, far outside of the county seat, which is Macon, Uh, out in rural Bibb County, unincorporated Bibb County. We had a 30-minute drive just to get to McDonald's, so that was few and far between. But when you take into account, there's 5,000 people living in New Boston all around it. People could be coming in and depending on where she went to church and where she worked and her involvement in the community, like Cheryl McCollum was just saying, many more people could have seen her and identified her. And then we've got the internet on top of that. Jump in, Dr. Bethany. Let me introduce you, Bethany. Dr. Bethany Marshall joining us. Uh, renowned psychoanalyst joining us out of L.A. You can find her at drbethanymarshall.com. She's a star in the new Netflix show Bling Empire. Hit me. Hey, Nancy, you already stole my
7: thunder. I was about to mention the Internet. This is a 21-year-old mom, and so we have to include in the suspect pool her Internet presence. Did she have Facebook? Did she have Instagram? Uh, Did she have Twitter? And what were her relationships outside of that small community? I know a lot of Young people who grow up in small communities are desperate to have a broader reach. They want to know about the big cities. They want to know about um celebrity life they want to know who lives in other counties and so we don't know was she married was she single um was she dating Did, was she dating somebody online had she met somebody online so these are other factors we would want to look at you know you said that if you work like in a Charlies or a Sears that other people might come, come in and
1: know it's you. Oh Charlies Oh, oh Charlies oh, Okay hey Oh I'm going to just put you and Jax Miller in the same pot and let you stew, okay? (laughs) Miss Jesus
8: Rodeo and Chili's.
1: Yeah, I'm on you. I am on you like a cheap suit, girl. The two of you. We do not have O'Charlie's in in Southern California. O'Charlie's. Well, if you have never been to an O'Charlie's, you're missing the best yeast rolls ever made. So, what were you saying about Oh, Charlie's.
7: Well, what I was saying about Oh, Charlie's is that it is a good point that if you work in an establishment like that, if you hang out there, people might come in and know you and recognize you, but you do not remember them. But sometimes it's the same with the Internet. If you're accepting every single friend request, if you put your photos and your videos out there, a lot of
1: people may have become attached to her uh, where she had no relationship with them. Okay, you know, Dr. Bethany, when you were talking about the Internet. Um, you mentioned Facebook, you mentioned Insta, I think you did. I know you mentioned Twitter, Twitter but you know what you didn't mention? Be, Be real. real. Be real. Be real. Oh. See, I get all my internet knowledge from my fourteen year old twins. That's the new thing. Be real. Okay. It's hmm. you, you take a quick video or picture of yourself and supposedly without any hair and makeup in real life, and you post it. You got to get on that, Dr. Bethany. You know, Dale Carson joining me, high-profile lawyer out of Jacksonville and former fed with the FBI, author of Arrest Proof Yourself. You can find him at DaleCarsonLaw.com. Dale, what we're doing right now, it reminds me so much of my years as a prosecutor um, I like to go up to the appellate division where the brain trust was. I actually got to write appeals for many years as well and talk at lunch or they'd always be sitting around at a big, uh, long table. And in the DA's office, we had our own set of, you know, OCGA official code of Georgia annotated the Georgia Supreme courts, Southeastern Southeastern case law, the Georgia appellate court rulings, so they could do their research sitting right there instead of going to the law library. I would love going up there and getting into it with them about whatever case I was getting ready when I had time. What we're doing right now, talking about the area, the Oh Charlie's, the Chili's, the where she worked, where she went to school, the crime rate, the location, all that matters. It's not just idle chit-chat. It's how you work a case, if you got any brains
9: anyway. But the most important thing we're all kind of missing, and that is that a child is missing. And there's only, in my book, there's only one way this actually happens. And as an agent and as a police officer, I've handled cases just like this. And it can only mean one thing somebody wanted that child they didn't necessarily care whether the mother died or not they wanted the child that's the trail you have to follow
1: hey um dale carson everybody jump in also with me dr michelle dupree uh, pathologist medical examiner and author of homicide investigation field guide everybody jump in i remember sitting out in the It's like a church in a courtroom sometimes. You've got all the state's witnesses and state supporters, victims' family supporters on one side, and all the defendants' family and supporters on the other side, and the press somewhere in the mix. Like in a church at a wedding, the bride's side is on one side and the groom's relatives are on the other side. I will never forget in the Scott Peterson trial when Mark Garagos blurted something out about maybe... Lacey was kidnapped by a woman who wanted to cut open her stomach and steal baby Connor. I nearly fell off my chair. I got a really mean look from the sheriff, too. She was just dying to throw somebody out of the courtroom. I I remember thinking how far-fetched that was. And actually, it's highly statistically unlikely. And of course, Connor was found with Lacey uh, in a 24-hour cycle when they washed up on the San Francisco Bay shore. So that didn't happen in that case. But Garagos was not half wrong, right? I got to give the devil his due. Because we are seeing this more and more and more where a mother is actually murdered and sliced open to get the baby. Uh, take a listen to our friends at k-t-a-l new evidence suggests the victim was not killed the way investigators originally believed originally
7: 21 year old reagan simmons hancock was believed to have died from massive blood loss due to slashing and cutting a scalpel was later recovered from her neck during an autopsy according to an examiner hired by the state hancock died from being strangled rather than being
1: cut okay hold on straight out to jack smiller Our special guest joining us from Oxygen.com. She's a true crime author. Jax, you see a mom lying on the floor with her dead, covered the whole area, covered in blood at the crime scene. Her three-year-old little girl sitting with mommy, God knows how long, and her baby having been cut out of her stomach. Then we are just learning a scalpel was later recovered from her neck during an autopsy i mean i would have thought the scalpel would be used to cut her tummy open but her
5: neck was sliced as well it's 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 really a, a really horrific horrific crime there's there's blood everywhere you know now they're saying that she was strangled you know she had the scalpel um in her neck oh. and you know just just to put it a little bit in in our context here we have a killer who's out there, but remember, New Boston's very close to three state borders. It's, it's not far from Oklahoma, it's not far from um, Arkansas, and it's not far from Louisiana. So, so that's another thing to consider, too, that whoever did this might be out of the state by now. Okay, Jax, Miller just
1: changed the whole equation right there. I, when you were talking about eastern Texas, before I got off on my chili rant, wasn't thinking about the significance of what you just said. I mean, to me, East Texas, Texas is so big, I didn't realize how close to the border it was to three states. And you know, at no fault of theirs, police normally don't, like the Texas police are going to be looking, they're not going to call Arkansas and Oklahoma and go, hey, this just happened. It's the The, the cross-border communication between law enforcement is not great through no fault of their own. And I can't stress that enough. Cheryl, jump in on that.
6: Nancy, here's the thing that just leaps out at me more than anything else. And that's when law enforcement in their affidavit put there were blood on the floor, furniture, walls, and appliances. The word appliance... Nobody's going to keep their toaster in the living room, which is where the victim was found. That means this either started in the kitchen or another room and went throughout the house. She was stabbed over a hundred times. Okay. The baby was cut out of her. A hammer was used to bludgeon her head. Any one of these things, the scalpel in the neck, the hammer bludgeoned her head, the hundred stab wounds, the baby being cut from her any of those things would have killed her this was not a quick clean easy i'm going to knock her out cut the baby and i'm out
1: you know what cheryl the way you just described that really i'm just thinking uh cheryl remember when i was pregnant remember you threw me that big baby shower uh in atlanta and and uh there at the end i mean i could barely walk i didn't realize what because i couldn't breathe i didn't realize what bad shape i was with all those blood clots And uh, I'm just thinking of this mom. She's eight months pregnant. Describe that scene one more time, Cheryl McCollum. Blood was
6: on the floor, furniture, walls, and appliances. So there was blood throughout the house. So that tells you with like cast off patterns, maybe chasing her (sighs) with a weapon that already had blood on it. It paints a very sinister picture because again, this was not fast. This was a horrific scene.
4: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
1: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. One hundred stab wounds, a scalpel still in the victim's neck removed at autopsy. And now we find out all the stabs are not even the COD cause of death. Dr. Michelle Dupree joining me, pathologist, medical examiner, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide. Okay, Dr. Dupree. Jump in, Nancy. This was absolutely overkill. I mean,
10: there's, there's just no other way to explain it. Three different types of of manners or causes of death. You know, strangulation, the bludgeoning with the hammer, and the hundred stab
1: wounds. This was crazy. This was frenetic. This was just absolutely overkill. And you know what else is interesting to uh, you, Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst, joining us out of L.A. I know this isn't your normal rodeo drive patient <laughs> worried about her Louboutins, but now that I hear Dr. Michelle Dupree and Michelle Cheryl McCollum describing the crime scene and Jax as well from Oxygen. There's no way this little girl, the three-year-old, didn't see probably the whole thing. Mommy running from room to room, screaming, blood in the back, blood in the kitchen, on the appliances, blood on furniture, in the floor. Nancy, I had, had kind of like
7: a, a fantasy or a daydream or a guess, hypothesis, whatever the right word is, about how this happened. Whoever killed this poor 21-year-old pregnant mom with little three-year-old and, well, ran after her from room to room, must have been romancing this mother in some way. I don't mean in a a sexual romantic way, but I mean, must have befriended her, must have come to the front door with an agenda, sat down, had tea, had coffee, whatever, was chatting with her. And whoever did this was either extraordinarily angry or was an amateur, and was just desperate for any way to kill this mom and get access to the fetus. So when you think of chasing her from room to room, the scalpel in the neck, over 100 stab marks, this was was a crime that was pre-planned from the standpoint that the perpetrator wanted to kill the mother and gain access to the baby. But this person, the perpetrator did not know how to kill a human being. The perpetrator tried one thing, then tried another, and then another. This poor pregnant woman is running from room to room. This is a late-stage pregnancy, and the perpetrator is just, you know, thinking about one way to kill her. And when that doesn't work, she thinks about another way, you know, grabbing appliances, throwing her against the wall, stabbing her. Not only is it brutal, but it does, uh, Dr. Dupree is right, the word frenetic, overkill ill-strategized, um,
1: amateur. It, it has a very crazy quality. I think more of a frenzy, of a mm. frenzy. That's what I'm, I'm thinking about. Guys, you know, we It's a disorganized
9: Japan. killer. And disorganized killers are not organized. They don't plan things. The only thing that happened here is they've gotten away. That's the one thing that's happened. And if you're going to take a child from a mother's womb you want to keep the mother alive as long as you can to secure the life of the child and that did not happen here because as you point out anger and hostility was at a maximum level when this event transpired
6: you know i gotta jump in okay it does appear amateurish to me because again this killer left behind weapons left behind the victim's body and left behind a witness a three-year-old can give a lot of information furthermore whoever did this had to have some pre-planning you're going to show up somewhere with a newborn there's a backstory so there was premeditation
9: you're absolutely right it's still disorganized and disorganized means that very thing that they leave evidence that that there's no pre there may be pre-planning Agreed. but no mm-hmm. actual course of there's disorganization, which is clearly evident from the scene that we hear about.
1: Guys, when you are analyzing a case, and you're trying to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. The main piece of the puzzle is not necessarily the crime scene, but it's the victim. That is the main issue piece of your puzzle take a listen to our friends at ksla
4: the 21 year old was wife to homer hancock and mom to three-year-old Kinley grace and she was also expecting another baby girl who she'd named braxlin sage
6: she became a mother early um but after she had Kinley, she went on to get her high school diploma and she was aspiring to uh Eventually, she was going to start taking classes again in the spring, um, and she wanted to go into nursing eventually.
10: Never quit smiling, never quit trying and moving on and tackling the next hurdle.
4: The most beautiful person, her spirit, her her personality, everything about her was beautiful. (laughs) it. A piece of us is gone now. Emily Simmons says her sister, Reagan, is the glue that keeps her family together. She always held us close, and she's holding us closer now. For now, the family is leaning on their faith. Just prayers. All we can ask for is prayer. Everywhere I look, I see her.
1: Our friends at KSLA speaking to family members in their grief. And, you know, Dr. Bethany, it's not just grief. It's not just suddenly losing someone so young. And, you know, Dr. Bethany, you got to hand it to this, this uh, lady victim Reagan. She has a baby. Mm -hmm. Okay. She chooses to keep the baby. She's a teen mom. Mm -hmm. Then she goes after having the baby, goes back and finishes her high school degree. And then is starting nursing classes in the spring. I mean, this woman is amazing. Nancy, she's remarkable. And
7: in terms of the family and the aftermath of this tragedy, you know, one of the definitions of trauma is when the unimaginable happens. As much as we're talking about this and trying to make sense of it, It's still the unimaginable. There's no way for this family to process. And as I said so many times on your show, grieving is not just recognizing the loss of the present and the past. It's realizing that you'll never have a future with this person. They'll never see her mother, the unborn baby, raise her three-year-old, go on to become a professional nurse. They'll never see her get married. They'll never see her graduation. So they have to come to terms with the future. And you know, Nancy... This perpetrator not only stole the life of a mother and an unborn baby, think of all the patients that this young mother was going to help as a nurse. She's robbed society
1: of a very important person as well. So the search is on. Police make public the name of the victim and the community is in shock and reeling. Women are afraid. No one knows how to make sense of it. Hey, does anybody on this panel, of course you do, remember the Timothy McVeigh case, the OK City bomber. Okay. He murdered yep. volumes of people. I remember it was in the Alfred Murrah building in Oklahoma City and there was a nursery in that building by the way that he bombed. And Cheryl, do you remember the the coincidence of how he was caught? Do you remember how he was caught? Please say no. I do, I believe. Oh, I can never stump you, woman. Go ahead. <laughs> I believe it was a traffic stop. Yes, it was. Tail light. Tail light. Tail light. You know how tail lights are made up of like five, seven, eight little pieces of red. And um, one of those little pieces was out and they pulled him over and they found uh, all sorts of evidence of the bombing. So the search is on for the killer of this young mom, Reagan Simmons, Hancock, just twenty-one years old. And then what a coinky dink. A coincidence. Take a listen to our friends at crime online.
4: A Texas state trooper pulls over a car for speeding and inside he finds Taylor Parker giving CPR to a newborn. Parker tells the trooper that she has just given birth on the side of the road, but the baby isn't breathing. The trooper says he could see an umbilical cord connected to the infant coming out of the woman's pants. Parker and the newborn are rushed by LifeNet EMS to McCurtain Memorial Hospital in Idabel, Oklahoma, where the baby dies. And it's also where Parker, who has seemingly just given birth, refuses to be checked out by doctors.
1: Well, let's analyze what we just heard from our friends at Crime Online. Texas State Trooper pulls over a vehicle for speeding, finds a woman... 29-year-old Taylor Parker giving CPR to an infant. She says she just gave birth on the side of the road, but the baby's not breathing. The trooper could see the umbilical cord still connected to the infant coming out of Parker's pants. Okay, wait, wait. I'm taking all this in. Rush her to the hospital where she refuses to be examined by doctors. Jax Miller joining me, uh, investigative reporter with oxygen.com and true crime author. Tell me about the trooper pulling over this woman. What do we know?
5: So this happened in uh, DeKalb, Texas. And, you know, it's like he said, she was speeding and it was around that same time, like within minutes that the victim's mother had to call police saying, I just found my daughter she's dead there's blood everywhere and then this is kind of happening simultaneously and pretty much Taylor has the baby on her lap she's like my baby's not breathing I just gave birth on the side of the road and she went as far as to put the baby's or the mother's placenta down her pants okay whoa and stop
1: repeat very slowly for us uh, chili eating oh Charlie loving bunch um What did you just say about the placenta?
5: So when the state trooper found Taylor with the baby on her lap, she says, I just gave birth. And of course, we now know that Taylor had stuffed the mother's placenta, Reagan's placenta, down her trousers to keep up with appearances.
1: Okay, you know, believe it or not, Dr. Michelle Dupree, a lot of people don't know what a placenta is. Explain. Well, the placenta is
10: actually what um, what nourishes and feeds the baby. It's attached to the inside of the mother's uterus and, of course, attached by umbilical cord to the fetus, and that's what delivers blood and, and everything, um, all the nourishment. What does it look like? It looks like a disc, um, probably about 12 or so um, inches in diameter. It's maybe an inch or inch and a half thick, and it's sort of spongy, and it's spongy because it's full of blood, this would be very messy, um, very, very, very messy. Where is it inside the womb? So inside the womb, it is inside the uterus, and it is attached usually to the posterior wall of the uterus itself. And the umbilical cord connects to it or through it? It connects to it. Uh, so one end of the umbilical cord is connected to the baby. One end of the umbilical cord is connected to the placenta, and the placenta is attached On the other side to the posterior wall of the uterus.
2: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going
3: on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This
0: is Uncanny USA.
1: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed.
0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
8: If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit Zin.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zin. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
2: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing boxes on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
8: There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now.
1: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. And Jax Miller from auction.com, you're telling me basically a bloody blanket, the placenta, is stuffed down Taylor Parker's
5: pants. That's correct. The uh, state trooper noted that the umbilical cord was still in her trousers and, of course, that it would still be attached to the placenta, uh, you know, which would be natural if this was her child. You know, you deliver baby, you deliver the placenta soon after. Um, but then they took her to the hospital via ambulance and she refused to have a an examination.
1: Dr. Bethany Marshall, uh, psychoanalyst Beverly Hills, don't tune up about insanity. Don't. Because this woman had the cunning to try to trick the state trooper by shoving the umbilical cord and the placenta down her own pants. Another woman's child's Mm -hmm. umbilical cord and placenta to pull off her lie, stuffed it down her own pants. But Nancy,
7: isn't this what we see in all criminals? They don't see in themselves what we see in them. I mean... She's not uh, psychiatrically ill, she's not mentally ill, but she is really disturbed. Um, the fact that she stuffed the placenta into her pants, she's driving to the hospital, but she doesn't think that she'll be subjected to an examination. She cuts the baby out of the 21-year-old mother's body with a scalpel, I believe, or a knife, some sort of instrument. But she doesn't think she's actually harming the baby, not only the physical harm, but the psychological harm of that kind of a traumatic birth. I mean, this is a mother who really, I'm sorry, I said mother, I mean a potential mother. This is somebody who wants to be a mother so badly that she has this tunneling effect that all she can think of is getting access to the baby, but she's not thinking about any other factor in terms of, you know, the, the medical aspect, the biological aspects, the
1: survival of the infant. Can you imagine her being a mother in real life? What a disaster. Actually, she had children. Oh. Believe it or not. This woman had children. She knows what it's like to be pregnant. So what more? And I'm glad you brought that up, Bethany, because this is a whole nother layer of of subterfuge and it, it to me it makes her even more evil because she knows what the victim was going through in the pregnancy she had children so why why this Why another child? Does she need another child so desperately? Why a baby? Why murder to get a baby? Well, take a listen to our friends at
4: KSLA. Attorneys said Parker committed the crimes not because she wanted a baby, but because she did not want to lose her boyfriend. Parker was not able to carry a child because of a hysterectomy. Parker offered them $100,000 to be a surrogate mother. Parker ordered from the internet a suit, which made her look pregnant, faking that condition for nearly 10 months, all the while hunting for a victim. Okay, I've
1: got to let that soak in, let that percolate for a moment. She did not want to lose her boyfriend, did not tell him she had had a hysterectomy, offered friends $100,000 to be a surrogate mother, and ordered an internet pregnancy suit all the while hunting for a victim. Well, number one, I guess she's lost her boyfriend now. But Cheryl McCollum, can you imagine a 10-month search for
6: just the right pregnant victim? Mm. Nancy, I'm going to go back to what I started a little while ago, and that's this premeditation. This person had to lie about being pregnant. So did she have a fake pregnancy test? Did she make fake doctor's appointments? At what extent did she go to? Again, Dr. Marshall mentioned social media. She took to social media. Did she gain weight? The thing you just played said that she had one of those fake baby bumps. Oh, there's
1: so much more, Cheryl. Uh, Jax Miller joining me from Oxygen.com. Isn't it true she is accused of faking ultrasounds and even mm-hmm. having
5: a gender reveal party? It, it, it was nuts. She went to such great lengths. She had this, this big gender reveal. She, she Everything you just said. And then beyond that, on the day that she went to the hospital, with 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 this baby she ha- she had her boyfriend he was supposed to come because she said oh i'm going to be induced into labor so he was going to the hospital thinking that she was going to deliver a baby and can he, he add didn't he know she's been pregnant for 10 months well i you know i guess i guess he he had believed that and on top of that she allegedly w- was going to she she had plans to do this bomb threat at the hospital and i guess that was a way to kind of keep up, you know, with, with uh, concealing this big secret. Okay, wait, 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 wait. D- what? What Bomb threat? Yes, there was a bomb threat. That was just released. Um, she was going to make a bomb threat to keep this, this big baby thing a secret, allegedly. I mean, when you look at her, I'm looking at her Facebook
1: photo, she just, she's gorgeous. She's just, okay. The evil that can lurk in the mind of a human is amazing to me. Guys, Take a listen. What more we know about her plotting and scheming. Take a listen to our cut 14, our friends from KTAL.
3: One friend testified about how Parker was obsessed with her pregnancy. This afternoon, the prosecution showed numerous posts on Parker's Facebook page where she claimed to be pregnant and shared a picture and shared pictures of a baby bump in a gender reveal party. The jury also saw evidence in her testimony showing Parker was Facebook friends with the victim. Uh
1: Aha, there's a connection. Taylor Parker became Facebook friends with the pregnant mom, Reagan Simmons Hancock, and more
3: from KTAL Listen. Data from her devices and internet searches showed she ordered a fake baby belly in a customized fake ultrasound scan online and posted dozens of baby belly photos and selfies. She stalked OB clinics in East Texas and Shreveport. One investigator said she was looking for places where she could find pregnant women and even looked up license plates of patients coming out of clinics. As her fake due date grew closer, she also searched online for information on private adoptions and out-of-hospital birth certificates. In the days before the murder, she watched videos about how to do a C-section, examine a newborn, and search for where Reagan Simmons lived. In the hours before the murder, cell phone data showed Parker used a spoof cell phone number to ca- to contact Reagan Hancock. Okay,
1: Dale Carson, high-profile lawyer out of Jacksonville, and former.
9: FBI agent,
1: that's a lot of evidence, Dale Carson. Oh,
9: it is. And, and it also demonstrates that they were active on the Internet. So that means that the use of cell phone data, the use of uh, other mechanisms to establish where people were at a certain time is going to be of immense value to the investigation. As to your comment about boys not understanding the 10 months, I had a case years ago in eighty seven. Involving a similar matter where a fellow was believed that his girlfriend, who actually did what we're talking about here, essentially, uh, was, in fact, didn't know. I mean, boys don't calculate like women do when it comes to those months. So you're just you really don't know and you don't understand so these men typically know nothing about what's really going on, and typically they don't get charged in these kinds of cases.
1: How this guy didn't notice that that was a fake pregnancy bump She ordered probably on Amazon. Jump in, Dr. Bethany. Really quickly, I treated a lady who had
7: what's called pseudocyesis. That means a false pregnancy. She wanted, once in my practice, about 10 years ago, she wanted to be pregnant so desperately, that her belly actually began to grow. It's a thing. And she wasn't in a relationship. She was single, but the desperation to have a baby actually had a biological impact on her body. Sadly, these cases, which you said earlier in the show are statistically rare, often follow a common pattern. You usually have a woman who sometimes she has children, sometimes she doesn't, who needs a love object, wants to hold on to the love of a man. She imagines that if she's says she's going to have a baby, she'll have a better chance of securing his love. So what we see is there's a nine or 10 or 11 month pattern of getting fake sonograms, going on the internet, ordering baby bombs, having the gender reveal party, having baby showers. And all of a sudden at the ninth month, row, row, they have to produce a baby and they become extremely desperate, aggressive, ruthless, and they'll do anything to procure a baby, even, like what we're covering today, you know,
1: murdering and attacking a pregnant woman. Stalking OB clinics in East Texas and Shreveport, looking up license plates of patients coming out of the clinics. To Jax Miller joining us from Oxygen.com. Jax, where does the trial stand now?
5: So they have um, done their opening arguments. Um, They say that the trial is going to be lasting around a month. So we are learning uh, a lot of new details um, about the case, and I think that there's plenty more to come. So we'll just have to wait and see where
1: this goes, I guess. We wait as justice unfolds in this double murder. Nancy Grace Story signing off. Goodbye, friend.
2: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
3: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
2: Every week, say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
8: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin.